Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. Hey guys, this is Lawrence and welcome back to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. I know everyone here that's listening are here because you want to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet and every single week I try to bring in guests that not only has the knowledge but these individuals has also been through the same trials that we all have been through when it comes down to our search for a better health. We get together in hopes to assist you on your own journey. I'm so excited for this, guys. Our guest today is a health coach. If you are well-versed in the carnivore community or carnivore space, you would know who she is from her growing community on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. She she shares her knowledge and experience to help others succeed on their health journey. She is the founder of the Black Carnivore Community on Facebook, and she is also the host of the Black Carnivore Podcast. She is here with us today to talk story. I'm here with Ede Fox. I hope I said that right. Um, Ede, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and happy to, you know, to talk about my experiences and hope that that is helpful to your audience. Thank you for coming on a day. Love your story. I love your show on YouTube. Uh, funny story. Before I started my own podcast in October last year, your channel on YouTube gave me a lot of insight on how to start my own podcast. So uh, you've had an incredible, you have had incredible uh, guests on your show. It uh, absolutely motivated me to uh, share my own journey, share other people's journey with my listeners. And uh, your your pages, Facebook, your Instagram, and your YouTube channel, they provide such great value to the whole community. So I just want to thank you on, on, on doing that. Love what you do uh, on what you built. So thank you so much. Um, so I'd like to tap into your experiences today because I believe that story, our story paints a picture, a very clear picture for everyone to the listeners who strives to make a change, right? Um, maybe they're struggling to take action or they did take action but just struggles to stay consistent. Um, we all have different journeys. People discover the community, the keto community and the carnivore community from all walks of life. Um, you can speak, you can speak uh, to this better than I could. It all comes down to this search for something better, right? Um, wanting to better ourselves, Let's get into your story. Super interesting to me. Um, you dabbled in Atkins, uh, keto, and now you've been in the carnivore space for many years now. We'll talk about keto and then carnivore in a second. I'd like to talk about your prior relationship with food before keto. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my relationship with food goes way back and uh, it was a challenging one for, you know, for many years. So now I know that I am addicted to sugar and uh, and that has sort of informed the way I have, uh, you know, behaved around food over, you know, over decades, really. And um, I think that, uh, you know, my my family history, I think that I have a lot of people in my family who are addicted to sugar. And so, um, you know, sort of, sort of the, the use of sugar for, <clears throat> you know, for emotional reasons and also, you know, triggering that uh, reward system in your brain, like that, <clears throat> you know, that comes down over, uh, over generations. So I, you know, struggled with my weight, uh, all, you know, from a very young age, I was certainly, uh, I was put on a diet, you know, starting at age eight, and, um, you know, I was always, uh, you know, had some anxiety about weight and, mm. um, by, so in my early twenties, you know, I reached, um, a very high weight for myself. And, um, I, I think it was like in the late nineties that, um, the Atkins, uh, you know, Atkins sort of put out a fourth iteration mm. of this book. And it, you know, became like really popular. And so, uh, you know, I, like everyone decided to get on it, but it was, it kind of worked, you know, pretty well. So is it, sorry to cut you up. Is it, Mm -hmm. you're getting on it uh, as a short term goal, Mm -hmm. as a diet uh, for, for the summertime, is Mm -hmm. this a summer goal or, or what, how did you look at it? Or is it like something that you want to do like a lifestyle? Mm-hmm. No, it was just a diet, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, but at the time, I had been trying to become a vegetarian, and mm-hmm. um, you know, been I was you know very active uh, politically and and social justice causes, and in <clears throat> you know in that community, I mean, vegetarianism kind of walks hand in hand with. Mm-hmm you know, social justice, although I do not believe that that is actually true. And I think one can eat meat and be very concerned about social justice. But at the time, you know, those things kind of in, uh, in my head and and the communities that I walked in, they seemed to go hand in hand. So I had been trying very hard to, uh, there was a book called, um, I think it was the McDougal, um, you know, um, maximum weight loss, uh, diet or something like that. And it was like vegan, no fat, and just like Mm. lots of vegetables, lots of rice, some potatoes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I had been trying to do that. And of course, you know, that, I mean, that was just an abysmal failure for me. And so when I did the Atkins, it was really just, you know, as a diet and I, and it was not something that lasted, you know, and frankly, looking back, I don't see Mm -hmm. how I could have done what I was doing um what i'm doing now in my late 20s because you know Mm -hmm. sorry for some of us that doesn't know what what atkins is can you describe what uh what does atkins entail what do you eat or um what's the focus of atkins sure uh well back then i mean it basically you start out on a uh with ketogenic macros so Mm -hmm. basically you're having like two cups of vegetables, any kind of meat you want, um, a limited amount of cheese and a small amount of berries. And that's what you would eat. And then after you started losing weight, you would um, uh, start adding like five grams of carbs uh, a week uh, to your daily you know, program per week until you stop losing weight. And then you start, you know, you, you back up a little bit and that's mm-hmm. how you would sort of figure out what your ideal carbohydrate rate was. So that was back then what, you know, what was done. 
um, I know now that going up for me was like a total disaster and, and I would not recommend that. Like if you get yourself down to ketogenic levels and you're losing, don't, don't start adding carbs. Like that's not going <laughs> to be helpful for you. Um, but I realize now also that, uh, what I'm doing now, I don't think I could have done in my late twenties. Cause you know, I was going out with friends and we'd be out the club yep. and then at 2am, you know, you go, to well, I was in LA, so we'd go to Roscoe's mm-hmm. Chicken and Waffles, and you know there were all mm-hmm. sorts of things that like you know I was doing. So it was really yeah. hard for me to feel like I was doing something that was mm-hmm. very different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So um, so I don't know, you know, I don't know if I don't know what I would do in my late twenties. I know I would have benefited extremely mm-hmm. um, by eating this way that I'm eating now. But socially, it would it would have been challenging. So have you felt the, on Atkins, have you felt the benefits of, um, a, like, let's say, the keto clarity that they talk about in keto? Do you experience that in the Atkins diet? Um, what were the, I know you talked about uh, in your late 20s that you, what hinders you is you were going out with friends and it just really isn't sustainable for you. Um, but do you experience any benefits? What What were you the 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 best benefits that you've had uh, experience on while you're on Atkins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so back then, I mean, I definitely felt you know clear headed, mm. full. Um, satisfied, lots of energy. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I was getting the benefits. I just, you know, when you're 28, yeah. the differences between, you know, your worst self and your best self are, you know, they're not so big. But when yeah. you're yeah. 50, the, you know, yeah. the differences yeah. are significant. Yeah. Um, but in 2015, that, you know, I, I continued to eat low carb off and mm-hmm. on over the years. But low carb for me was, you know, sort of hovering around 35 to 50 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think I was regularly sort of moving in and out of, um, out of uh, ketosis. I, you know, I was mm-hmm. still going out and drinking and a lot of alcohol. And like, you know, I think that even when you're keeping your carbs very low, if you're mm-hmm. drinking a lot of alcohol, I mean, that's essentially sugar and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, you know, it's not a health product. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think you can maintain that way, but I don't think, I don't think you can necessarily lose. And I don't know that you're going to get a lot of healing, mm-hmm. but in 2015, I reached my all time high weight for, you know, my lifetime and, mm-hmm. um, of 246 pounds. And I felt mm-hmm. awful all the time. Um, I was just exhausted. I had a lot of aches and pains and joint pains and inflammation and everything. Um, it was hard for me to stay awake. I just was in terrible shape. So I, uh, you know, I decided to, um, go on a diet and, you know, try to address my, my health. And this time I was not doing, uh, keto or, or Atkins. I just decided to cut calories and Mm. I did that for a bit and it was kind of successful. And then I switched over to a low carb diet and like, it was like instantly, you know, Mm. I felt better. I mean, I felt like the improvements that I saw in two weeks were so dramatic and they just didn't line up with how much weight I had lost, you know, like the Mm. the amount of weight I had lost couldn't account for how much better I felt. And so I was really fascinated by that and continued to 
um, you know, to sharpen and, and um, refine the way that I was doing, um, you know, the way that I was doing keto. And uh, well, we, we weren't even using the word keto at the time, but the way I was doing low carb and to do more research and try to understand why it was so effective. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, you know, that was really helpful. And um, the benefits that I felt were, <clears throat> you know, tons more energy, you know, mm-hmm. the inflammation went away, aches and pains in my joints went away, I woke up feeling, you know, refreshed, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. was not mm-hmm. something that was happening before. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got to the point where I felt like exercising. Um, you know, so it wasn't like I was just dragging myself, you know, to the gym, but it would be like, um, you know, wow, it's a nice evening. Why don't mm-hmm. I get off the subway three stops early yeah. and walk? And that walk never happened before. You, you mm-hmm. you're saying, you're saying you had the urge that you never had before to to exercise. That's interesting because I want to talk mm-hmm. about like, um, growing up, and I wouldn't imagine having a podcast having this consistency for a year or even just finishing a book even i I just didn't have the focus and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden when i started keto i have all this energy to do all of this like i could Mm -hmm. not imagine um having to finish books in the past when i was in high school growing up i just have no, no focus on anything and i attribute that to when i started keto and that's Mm -hmm. that's why it's interesting you you talk about having that urge to exercise that you've Mm -hmm. never experienced before you've never thought of exercising but now you have all of this energy that you have and now you're thinking i want to exercise but go ahead sorry i just Mm want to point that out yeah yeah um well mentally i you know was also much more together i mean i um you know, towards the end of, uh, you know, my time before I, I started really trying to get my health under control, like, I, you know, like you, I had a hard time concentrating and a hard time just staying focused and staying mm-hmm. awake and, um, and being able to, to get in that feeling of flow. You know, I mean, I've, I've experienced flow throughout my life, you know, where you get so into a project Mm-hmm. That, you know, you look up and like three hours has passed and you haven't even noticed. And um, I really missed that feeling. And, uh, you know, and so once I got into ketosis and got fat adapted, I my brain, you know, was healing and changing mm-hmm. such that, you know, I was able to start to experience that where I could sit down and read for a couple of hours and not, you know, mm-hmm fall asleep or, Mm. you know, keep reach for my phone or look to see, you know, what distraction could be there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hey guys, let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle. Did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep? Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. And if I can avoid buying non-keto-friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock-hard avocados and they will keep your eggs safe too. 
and Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Um, have you have you dabbled into the science of that? Just you know, um, having having to focus, having this clarity, having this focus that you've never experienced before, or you know, the inflammation in your body. Have you ever dabbled into the science of that? Of just how how fat uh, is more efficient on giving the body more energy and more um you know your brain more clarity have you ever uh dabbled into the science i mean i you know i read as much as i can about mm-hmm. uh you know about these things so from what i understand a lot of um well a lot of people who follow a carnivore diet seem to experience a lot of mental health improvements mm. that I don't necessarily see on keto. I mean, sometimes you see it, but sometimes you don't. But on carnivore, it seems like universally people mm. experience a significant amount of improvement in mental health, uh, all kinds of mental health stuff. So mm. from uh, you know depression to um, memory problems to um, mm-hmm. you know OCD, uh, you know all kinds of things, and. Um, from what I've read, it seems like, um, well, one, you know, the, the greater amount of uh, protein mm-hmm. is, you know, these are the building blocks that your brain uses to create, mm-hmm. you know, the various neurotransmitters and, and you know, things that um, are uh, used to, you know, to create your mood um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, for the brain to communicate with itself. And then you've got like, you know, the ends of the neurons, you know, those myelin sheets are um, made of fat. So, mm. <clears throat> you know, the more animal fat that you're eating, you're actually providing the building blocks, the physical mm. building bo- blocks for your brain to do the work that it needs to do. And then you're also bringing down the sugar. So mm. um, you can have insulin resistance in your body, but you can also have mm. it in your brain, which causes inflammation and, mm. you know, problems and, and damage to brain cells. So as you bring down um, you know, the, mm-hmm. your insulin resistance and the sugar in your body, you're also, you know, improving your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, um, and then the seed oils that a lot of people eat. So, you know, there's, well, um, I mean, you can get fat from multiple places, right? Mm-hmm. So in, on a carnivore diet, you're getting it almost exclusively from animal fat, but on the keto, uh, uh, on some keto diets, and then on a regular standard American diet, most of the fat is actually coming from uh, seed oils, which are mm. highly, highly processed and very mm. inflammatory and, um, you know, and cause a lot of damage to all mm. of your cells and including brain mm. cells. So when you remove the seed oils, you're also removing a lot of inflammation, which is, mm. um, you know, damaging brain cells as, as well as other cells. So I think that, you know, when I went carnivore, when I went keto, you know, I, I was eating a lot of olive oil. Um, and so monosaturated fats mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. olive oil and avocado oil are, <clears throat> you know, are sort of in the neutral, you know, category. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, I'm sure I was still eating some seed oils. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when I went carnivore and really took all of that out, you know, I mm-hmm. saw um, a dramatic increase in um 
you know, in health. So as much as I saw a huge benefit going from the standard American diet to a keto diet, and I didn't Mm -hmm. think that I could feel much better than that. Mm -hmm. But then when I went carnivore, it was like, again, a massive leveling up Mm -hmm. of health. And I couldn't imagine that I could feel that much better, but I did. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty dramatic and pretty quick. So, um, you know, so even though I lost weight on keto and I felt mm-hmm. better, there were certain mm-hmm. things that didn't resolve. So I still had, um, you know, my autoimmune stuff. So I had asthma, eczema and allergies that were mm-hmm. still, you know, uncontrolled on keto. And um, when I took out dairy and took mm-hmm. out the vegetables, I my uh, mm-hmm. asthma completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. I stopped using my Is, inhaler. Have you ever got an explanation on how that worked? Because that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever got that? Yeah. Well, so I've had problems with breathing off and on through my life, but I mm-hmm. hadn't been diagnosed with asthma until it was like 2018, mm-hmm. uh, January of 2018. And that was like December, January was like the absolute worst of my mm-hmm. asthma. Like it was totally out of control at that point. And um, I had to go to urgent care twice for not being able to breathe. And then, you know, and they referred me to a pulmonologist and I went through all these studies and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so it was determined that I had as um, allergy induced asthma. So Mm. basically, you know, there, the, I'm, um, when I'm irritated by something, my, um, you know, what are they called? Alveoli or my bronchial tubes, you know, um, swell and inflame. So just like if you, um, you know, if you have allergies and you're, you're breathing in ragweed and mm, your eyes water yeah. and your nose gets stuffy, you know, it's essentially the same thing is happening, but in my lungs. Mm, mm. And that's why I couldn't breathe. And, um, and so, you know, when I was at urgent care, I mean, basically they gave me prednisone pills. They gave me, you know, multiple kinds of inhaled mm. steroids. Um, yeah. I had to get on a nebulizer for 10 minutes when I first got there because I couldn't breathe enough for them to be able to even listen to my lungs. Mm. So, uh, you know, so then I understood like, I, you know, this was um, a massive problem, but I didn't know at the time that it was dairy. So mm. I just, you know, took the medicines they said to take and blah, blah, blah. And then like a few months later, you know, I'd seen people talking, um, I mean, people regularly talk about dairy as being a problem and everybody is like, oh, but that's not me. (laughs) And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I, cause I, I used to be lactose intolerant and my stomach would get upset when I drank milk or ate dairy products. And then, Mm -hmm. um, when I went keto, I think that that lowered my inflammation enough that I was able to eat dairy without it upsetting my stomach. Mm. So I had been eating dairy for a couple of years with no problem. So I thought, well, I'm not lactose intolerant, but um, you know, that's not the only place that dairy impacts your body. So uh, when I actually went ahead and did the experiment, you know, I wasn't even really thinking about it. I just mm-hmm. decided, uh, you know, to stop to to do the experiment. And then about 10 days later, um, I was out with my mom and I was hungry and she had some of those Parmesan, you know, chips. So uh, mm-hmm. I think they were called wisps. They're, you know, just <laughs> Whisk, little cheese yeah. cracker things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was hungry and I was like, okay, well, let me have some of these. And I, I didn't even have a whole serving. I mean, I, you know, I had like two, you know, it was very mm-hmm. small. 
And within an hour, I needed my inhaler. And then at that point, I realized I hadn't used my inhaler for the last 10 days. And I had been before that I had been using my I had like a rescue inhaler, as well as the inhaled steroids. And um, I was still using my rescue inhaler, um, like once a day or once every other day. So, you know, I my asthma was not under control, you know, at all. And, uh, and then I was like, oh my God, I haven't used any of this stuff mm-hmm. and I hadn't even thought about it. So you discovered this almost accidentally because having that, yeah. you know, not having to use your asthma, uh, inhaler, uh, for 10 days and now you're having, you know, yeah. Yeah. dairy. And I, that's right. And I didn't know that that was what was going to happen. Like I mm-hmm. thought, you know, people kept saying dairy, you know, you should try going without dairy and see what happens. So I didn't know what the, um, what the effects would be. I mean, I assumed, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would lose a little more weight or I don't know what I would feel more energetic. This was not on my radar. So it, you know, that was huge. And of course, you know, everybody loves cheese. So I'm like, Oh man, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and so, and I had had, I had about a pound of fancy cheese at home. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, you know, I do not want to not eat this. So I decided to experiment and like, you know, reintroduce it, see what mm-hmm. happened and cut it out for a couple more days. And I did this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. four times because I, mm-hmm. you know, and I really wanted to be careful. Like, so, yeah. you know, I would give myself like four or five days between eating it so that, you know, everything could calm mm-hmm. down and then do it again. And each and every time, like within an hour or two, I needed my inhaler. So mm-hmm. it was clear. There was no question. So, uh, yeah, so I cut it out and that was dramatic. And then I also cut out, I mean, I stopped drinking alcohol and I cut out coffee and, um, and that was huge. And so I think I, you know, I think simultaneously, like I caught up on sleep. I had a lot mm. of brain feeling, mm. you know, I was eating a lot of animal fats and, you know, something that I don't think a lot of people are, you know, think about is that when you're coming from the standard American diet, even if you're like very mm. obese, you know, you're very often malnourished, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, I don't think that people think about that, mm. but if you have been eating a diet of, um, you know, processed yep. non-foods, essentially, yep. like you're not, you're not mm-hmm. getting nutrition. So you might be over-caloried, but you are not, mm. you know, you're not, um, you don't have the nutrition. So mm. I think when people early on go into a keto or carnivore diet, mm. and they're for the first time, you know, really eating a significant portion of their diet from whole foods, um, a lot of stuff is going on. There's a lot mm. of healing, uh, you know, a lot of catching up. And mm. um, so, you know, for me, when I first went carnivore, even though I came from keto and I had, you know, begun to eat better mm. on carnivore, you know, it was a whole other level of health um, that, mm. you know, that I was getting by eating, you know, whole animal foods, whole mm. animal fat, you know, some organ meats. And taking out the things that were really irritating me, mm. um, I, you know, probably was going through a bunch of oxalate dumping too in the beginning, mm. which is a whole other conversation mm. and getting caught up on my sleep, which, you know, I try to remember to talk about that more, but I, you know, sleep is like, you know, this is a huge mm. part mm. of this whole, uh, you know, process yeah. of getting healthy. And I don't think people give it enough credit either. That's so interesting um, because you didn't even know that I didn't even know that dairy causes asthma, too, to be honest with you. That's the first time I'm hearing it. Um, 
it's just so interesting because well i it i want to be clear it causes inflammation and wherever in your body right. you are weak that's where right. the inflammation will be so for me mm. it was my skin with eczema my allergies mm. in my nose and the mm. asthma in my lungs but for other people it's ibs you know so their yeah. their digestive yeah. system is where the inflammation is for other people it's acne you know mm. for other people it's brain stuff so i just mm. want to make that clear Thank you for that clarification. Um, and it's just so interesting because a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that transition into the carnivore diet, um, you would think, oh, how could they let go of cheese, dairy, you know, um, keto sweets or whatnot? Um, a lot of things you have to cut out from your diet, and from your story, it seems like you were freed from all of these ailments that you're experiencing and that became worth it for you to transition. Um, wow. That's, that's, there's a lot here. Um, well, and you know, just to be, to help your listeners, um, mm -hmm kind of wrap their heads around this you know mm -hmm. i'm not a person who advocates taking all these things out mm -hmm. of your diet for no reason i mean mm -hmm. you know there's i you know there's no prize to being you know the most carnivore the strictest mm -hmm. carnivore mm -hmm. you know the prize is your own health mm -hmm. so if you take some of these things out and literally nothing happens and you see no improvement mm -hmm. then you know bring them back yeah. in like they're not mm -hmm. a problem you know, not everybody has a problem with dairy. Not everyone has a problem with artificial sweeteners. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you are struggling to lose weight, you know, if mm -hmm. you're still struggling with insulin resistance, if you're still struggling with inflammation, then you do have to look at these things. Mm -hmm. So um, like in my community where, you know, I'm not super strict, you know, so the way I kind of talk about it, we have three, uh, you know, sort of um uh, approaches to doing mm -hmm. carnivore. So one is strict carnivore where you're really only eating from the animal kingdom. And then I put, you know, a caveat around eggs and dairy, because that's the thing that a lot of people have problems with. So you've got to mm -hmm. test for yourself to see if you have a problem with it. If mm -hmm. you don't eat them, if you do, don't, don't eat them. And then more moderate carnivore where you include low sugar fruits and, um, and like olives and avocados, mm -hmm. and you might include, include spices and herbs, you know, for cooking and whatnot. And then relaxed carnivore where you, uh, you know, you might also include artificial sweeteners. Um, or if you go out to a restaurant and you decide to have, you know, the sides that come mm. with your meal, or, you know, you occasionally eat, you know, salad or some other kind of vegetable. And then, you know, you can move fluidly between these. So you might mm. choose to have a carnivore breakfast uh, of bacon mm. and eggs, carnivore lunch, and then, you know, a salad, um, some kind of salad and steak at dinner, or you might choose to be all week, very strict mm -hmm. carnivore. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, be more relaxed with your family and, you know, going out and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. it's kind of up to you. And, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of decide how good you want to feel. So for me, like I have a lot of allergies and other stuff. And so for me, I do best when I'm very strict, but other people don't need to be. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's really kind of up to you. I love that um, because, yeah, you're right. Sometimes, you know, certain things, uh, certain food items, you know, causes inflammation in, in, in one person. It may not cause inflammation in the other. It's just knowing what, 
what your body feels like and just being self-aware of you know what you eat and being mindful um i love that and um i'd like to talk about like sometimes uh, loads of people having great success with your coaching what is the most memorable thing that a client said to you that that uh that you could remember um well I, you know, I had one, uh, a, a client who was working on her blood pressure and within mm. a week of starting carnivore, it dropped mm. 20 points mm. and that had been, you know, a real struggle for her. Um, I've definitely seen, uh, multiple people come off of their, um, diabetes medication, like within six weeks of starting. Mm. Uh, and, um, I had, uh, well, one woman who was just, a, you know, such a delightful and talented woman who was, uh, struggling because she had, um, she had had a concussion and, uh, a couple of years ago, and that had, you know, ultimately kept her from working, from being able to read, you know, the doctors were, you know, really unable, they really didn't they couldn't do much for her. And so she, you know, her life became uh, very small and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the activities that she used to like to do, she couldn't do anymore. And um, I encouraged her to eat, uh, to get beef fat trimmings mm -hmm. and eat, mm -hmm. eat them every day. And she, um, wow. I mean, it was like within a few weeks, she mm -hmm. was able to start, you know, creating mm -hmm. again, doing mm -hmm. her artwork and, and like thinking mm -hmm. about going back to work. And it was like, mm -hmm man years she lost like three years yeah. you know messing around with this and just making sure that she was eating a super super dense um nutrient dense diet with a lot of animal fat just turn that around so you know whenever i see people who are struggling with mental health and um you know just any kind of brain stuff like just bu bumping that fat up mm -hmm. and actually eating fat you know i i see people who want to eat um, you know, want to buy oils, buy mm. fat that's been processed, but like, I, I that doesn't seem to mm. bring about the benefits mm. that just eating a whole fat does. Mm. So many people I've interviewed about their carnivore lifestyle have experienced and told stories about how carnivore has given them so much freedom. Um, what, whether what freedom that means, um, I heard you also talk about, you know, the huge benefit uh, of carnivore diet with mental health. Um, I mean, success is a very subjective topic. We have different definitions of it um, when we start a lifestyle. But are there any telltale signs that you already know that this client has a very high chance of success or something you could just see that they want it, that they really want it. What are those signs for you, like for a client? Well, I mean, I think that you have to be ready to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what's really going to determine success or not. Some people are, um, I mean, you know, to, to be fair and to be honest, a carnivore diet is so different and goes against everything that you are being taught by your doctor. Everything. Yeah, by magazines, by culture, by, you know, just people around you. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the people who are tend to be willing to try this are usually people who are very, very ill and, you know, have a lot of problems. And um, or they're the kind of people who just are fine going mm -hmm. against the grain. 
And um, that's an interesting type of person, I will will say, and, and mm-hmm. they're always uh, fun. So, um, so you know, I usually say to people, like, look, it's going to take some time. You know, there's a transition period, like you're switching your body over from one fuel source to another, and, and your body may never have done this before. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a transition. You're not going to feel good for a certain period of time. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to, you know, reduce that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's going to be some challenges and there's mm-hmm. going to be some cravings. And so mm-hmm. I try to prepare people for that. But, you know, I can see people who, um, you know, are not ready for that level of mm-hmm. commitment. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really try to get people who aren't ready to, mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, it's up to you, you know, yeah. I'm here. I'll be here when you're ready, you know, come back. Um, And I think that people who have a real sugar addiction um, also, you know, they're not going to be successful unless they really are ready to deal with that and want Mm. to deal with it. Um, You know, there's having, if you have an addiction, you know, to sugar, having Mm. um, completely abstaining and cutting Mm. it all out is is the path to freedom and Mm. uh you know and to not having cravings um Mm. but those people are you know you get on a a carnivore Mm. diet and there's no you know there's no um there's no place to get that sweet Mm -hmm. craving Mm. dealt with Mm. you know on keto there are treats you can Mm. have a you know you're allowed to have a certain amount Mm. of chocolate or whatever But you, you know, you can't do that on carnivore. And so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that you got to deal with. So those are people too, who have a challenge with carnivore. You also talked about having sugar addiction, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how were you able to do it? Um, what if somebody that has a sugar addiction, I know it's, that's hard to, do you gotta be brutally honest with yourself to, and self-aware to be able to come to that conclusion but if one has and is aware of having sugar addiction how does one start or take action when they're they dig they dug themselves into a hole that it's hard to get out of what's the first step Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well so um I'm not an addiction specialist. So, you know, take Mm -hmm. all of this with a grain of salt. But I think that when, you know, for people who are struggling with this, you know, so Mm -hmm. if you are that person who intends to have, you know, a spoonful of the pint of ice cream that's in the freezer, and then next thing you know, the whole pint is gone. Um, If you're that person who wants to just have a taste, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you've eaten a dozen donuts, you know, Um, You may not call it addiction, but you know that you really are struggling to control your behavior around it. And even though there are people who can moderate their use of these types of foods, um, you you can't. And Mm -hmm. uh, and so the problem is that we're being told by, you know, the the um, producers of these snack foods and these Mm -hmm. candies and things uh, that it's just a matter of moderation. And if you um, are overeating them, it's your own fault. But that, you know, that's not true. I mean, sugar is in and of itself, it is uh, addictive. 
And so some people struggle more with it than others. Uh, but, you know, we're all, a lot of us are struggling. Don't mm -hmm. feel like you're alone. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you feel like that's you, cutting out all sweet taste is going to um, make it a lot easier for you because you're not then mm -hmm. going to have to be um, moderating and controlling how much of the substance you have. And, and, you know, I'm sure if somebody said to you, you know, um, why don't you moderate your use of cocaine or crack? You, you know, you would, you would think that was crazy because it's mm -hmm. not easy to do. Like nope. once you're addicted to these things, there's no mm -hmm. amount that is, you know, a safe yeah. and appropriate amount. Mm -hmm. And I would say the same about sugar. And so once you take out the, um, the complex carbohydrates, which just break down to simple carbohydrates mm -hmm. and simple sugar, um, as well as taking out the processed carbohydrates like, mm -hmm. you know, cookies and ice cream and cake and donuts, everything smooths out and calms mm -hmm. down and you can live without cravings, which mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, you, most people may, who struggle with this may not imagine mm -hmm. what it can be like to be mm -hmm. without cravings, but you can go days without thinking mm -hmm. about any of these foods, but you have to take them all out. You know, you can't keep any portion mm -hmm. of them in. And it means also taking out artificial sweeteners because the sweet taste just keeps that, you know, that whole mm -hmm. cycle mm -hmm. in your brain alive. So once you take it all out, you know, there's a whole other world mm -hmm. out here. Well, it's hard. It's definitely hard to do it alone, right? That's mm -hmm. why I love your Facebook community. How important is having a community around you to build this new lifestyle because you don't know what you're doing you can't do this alone we, we we've seen that from a lot of people that are just wanting to start started can't stay consistent how important is accountability in your community and how important is a community around you to be able to be successful yeah, I think that is a great question. Um, this way of eating is very different. You know, we're um, we're going against, uh, you know, quote unquote experts. We're going against um, companies that spend billions of dollars to to market, advertise or create products that reach, you know, a bliss point for all humans. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're going against a lot to say no to all of that and mm -hmm. to not consume it. And so you do need a lot of support because when your whole family is like, well, this is crazy. What are you doing? I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not giving up my Oreos and mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. you, you want me to keep them in my room or some other place. Yeah. And yeah, so you need to have other people who are, you know, say to you, look, you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, for most of us, like, you know, who come to this diet, we don't, really realize that there's other people doing it and so you know you might feel completely alone in your town or your city um mm -hmm. although there probably are other people doing most diet. people are alone in their households too yeah yeah right? absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely so that's why you need to have this community um but over time i think a lot of families like get on board and one of my clients um she told me that her family like they used to have like pizza night you know every friday night or you know get uh, like various kinds of junk food and like you know um have a, a social night with kids and everything and she didn't want to not do that and um but you know she 
she didn't do it for a little while to get herself like on carnivore. And then she did it again. And um, the difference for her, you know, it was not about weight, but it was really about her mental function. And she said, you know, the kids in the family, like the next time the, uh, you know, the Friday night rolled up, um, they were like, you know, you don't need to do this. And they, they basically said, like, we like you better when you're following this carnivore diet. You're like <laughs> much calmer, much, you know, just nicer, more mm. patient. Like they just liked her better. And so they supported her in doing it and, you know, kind of shifted around how they did the the Friday night and what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think that in a lot of cases, um, you know, it takes time, but I think that people do start to notice improvements, not only in your weight and your body, but your, you know, your behavior, your outlook and all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully if you have, you know, a supportive mm-hmm. or, you know, loving family, they want to see you succeed with, um, you know, and, and see you do well. And so Mm -hmm. want to support whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to help you to get to that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I think over time Mm -hmm. families, you know, come around, but you need support, you know, until that happens. They do. They might, they might think you're crazy at first, but they do come around when they see those benefits, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but there are still some people who struggle. They they know this is the right way of eating and they want to do it, but they're struggling to, um, you know, to to consistently, um, you know, to roll it out. Mm-hmm. And so that was why I started my coaching program because, um, you know, I kind of wanted to dig in and understand what was going on with people in a way that, you know, you can't really do on video or like, you know, in a, you know, in a, a direct message level. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so when I started doing this uh, sort of high touch group coaching program, then I could kind of see the things that were happening day to day that were a problem. You know, so in my program, people send me pictures of their food every day and I can see what they're eating. Um, And then, you know, and so then I could see, oh, you're actually not eating enough fat. You think you are, but you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. eating enough fat Mm -hmm. or you're not eating enough food. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're, you know, trying to incorporate too much fasting too soon. Um, mm-hmm. or, you know, I can see that, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, this diet isn't working. I'm not losing weight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I start digging in, I see, you know, they've lost like three pant sizes, but because nothing's happened on the scale, they're like, oh, it's not working. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I hadn't gotten them to take photographs and be able to compare the photographs, like a lot of times I have to take the photographs, put them mm-hmm. side to side take my apple pencil draw on them point at the places that i see that are getting smaller and send that to them so that they're actually visually able to see and that you know makes all the difference um because you know a lot of times like nothing's happening on the scale for quite some time but you know Mm. that's okay like you know to me like only you see that number on Mm. the scale but Mm. everybody can see exactly how tight your pants are so that's the measurement that really, you know, that's the measurement that matters. What, what's a typical week for your clients? Uh, is it more education? Just you, you got to know all of this stuff because, you know, going from a standard American diet to keto, there's a lot of things I didn't know. There's a lot of things that are demonized and uh, in, in the standard American diet that you are, you have to take in, in, in consideration in keto. So 
what what's the first week like for your clients and is it more mindset building is it more education how how do they start well um i the first week is really more about like getting the mechanics of the diet together because mm-hmm. i think that there's like you said there's a lot of um miseducation or a lot of leftover pieces of um information about diet that um you know, will trip you up if you're trying to employ them on a carnivore diet. So getting people comfortable with using more salt and making sure that they're using enough, Mm -hmm. getting people more comfortable with eating enough food, period. You know, we're in this diet mentality, you're always trying to eat less and less. And like, that Mm -hmm. does not serve you on a carnivore diet, you need to eat enough food. Um, getting people to eat enough fat, getting people to Mm -hmm. eat ruminant animals or, you know, red meat or beef. Um, or if they don't eat beef, lamb, goat, you know, elk, bison, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, that that's a big deal. And, um, you know, I, I try to people slowed people down from jumping right into fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think if you're not fat adapted, it can be hard and, um, and it can raise, um, the, you know, cortisol and other stressful hormones in your body, which is not a a good thing. So, um, you know, so slowing down like the fasting and stuff until you're ready. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of what's happening in the beginning, like just getting the mechanics of the diet down. And once that happens, that usually alleviates the problems that are, um, you know, sending the person to, uh, you know, start cheating Mm -hmm. and so on. And so then they understand why they're having these um, cheats and fall offs and Mm -hmm. why it's difficult for them to be consistent, you know, and some of it is like physically based, you know, you're not eating enough food, you're not eating enough fat, you know, you're not preparing your meals ahead of time so that, you know, you're ready when X, Y, Z circumstance happens. But, you know, they also then have the space to start thinking about what are the emotional things that are driving them to this behavior and to be able to start to deal with them. So, you know, I don't know, I can't necessarily help you like when your boss yells at you that, you know, you want to eat, but now, you know, you know, and you physically are, um, you know, shored up so that you're not hungry and you're not, Mm. you know, already stressed out. And so you can then employ, you know, breathing techniques and all the other stuff that you might learn Mm. to deal with emotional stuff. You can employ those because you don't have Mm. like this physical, basic physical drive to eat, you know, running at the same time. Does it help going on keto first before carnivore? Um, I mean, you know, I, I still think that there's a big transition from keto to carnivore, but certainly there's a bigger one still from um, uh, standard American diet. But I, yeah. I think the people who get to come to me um, have usually done keto before, mm. but they haven't. Um, usually when people come to me, like I, I also have these uh, monthly challenges going now and I did one in November. I'm starting one December 1st and I probably will do one in January 1st. And um, usually when people come to a challenge, they've been off track, you know, and they want to use this to get them back on track. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm doing it. I wanted people to go into Thanksgiving on solid footing, you know, really um, having had a couple of weeks to like be solidly eating properly. And then 
starting December 1st to have a hard stop to whatever eating happened over Thanksgiving, there's a hard stop and you restart on December 1st and then, you know, go for three weeks and then, you know, you do what you're going to do on Christmas Mm -hmm. and then, you know, let's start. Well, I'm going to say, you know, January 1st or January 2nd, you know, for Mm -hmm. some people it's hard to get started on the 1st, (laughs) but um, get started again like that. And so hopefully that those, um, you know, syncopated Mm -hmm. stops will help you to keep from going too crazy. But um, so a lot of times people are coming to me having eaten, you know, for four to six weeks, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of everything. So basically back on the standard American diet. So, you know, you can come to it from either way and you will see benefit either way. How do you balance being accountable and not being too hard on yourself? Uh, most of the time you're, you're, you know, during Thanksgiving, for example, um, they you know obviously you're with family you want to you want to socialize right you you know maybe your uncle cooked uh, this meal and every every thanksgiving and uh that's the only time you would have that meal in thanksgiving so how do they uh bounce back from that uh when you you, you clearly can't kick yourself already you're already down uh, what what do you say to them when they're you know obviously think that they have fallen off and what's the mindset to, uh, you know, just getting back up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I've actually done a couple of videos about it um, this, this week and last week. So, you know, I think that you one want to have a strategy for how you want to he- handle mm-hmm. the holidays. And to me, there's three different approaches. One, you could say, I'm going to, I'm going to stay completely on plan. And, um, and I'm not going to eat anything that's not, you know, carnivore or whatever I decide I'm eating. Um, two, you can decide I'm going to go keto. And so mm-hmm. I will include some low carbohydrate dishes and, um, you know, things that are still vegetables, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, not too bad. So uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting the candied yams, but maybe, you know, a baked <laughs> sweet potato. <laughs> um, and then the third approach is to just say, you know, to heck with it, I'm going to eat it all. And um, I'm just going to have a defined period in which I'm going to eat. And then I'm going to have mm-hmm. a hard stop at a specific time. And I'm not going to eat these things anymore. And mm-hmm. each one of those has pros and cons. And you just kind of have to decide what works for you and what you want to do. And um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of it. So mm-hmm. I have done all three different approaches over the years. And, um, you know, for me now, I know I want to stay on plan. Like I don't, you know, there's not enough pleasure in those foods mm-hmm. for me uh, to make it worth the, the pain that comes from eating mm-hmm. those things. So, uh, so what I choose to do is, um, you know, for me on carnivore, there are certain foods that I think of as kind of like carnivore candy. So pepperoni is one of those things. Um, scallops is one of those things. Um, you know, so things that are expensive or, um, you know, just kind of fun foods Mm -hmm. or, you know, exotic or different. Um, those are things that I, try to to get for the Mm -hmm. holidays so i still feel like i'm eating something special and Mm -hmm. it's different it's not what my i eat every day but it's still on plan so uh for this thanksgiving i've got uh, scallops and uh, beef bacon and Mm -hmm. um so i'm going to do something with that 
And then mm-hmm. I'm sure I will, I, there's some, I'll have some other main kind of meat. Maybe I'll get a ribeye. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, kind of an approach. And it, yes, if you're going, you know, home to a family occasion where you, you know, your uncle makes some special meal that you really only can get once a year or twice a year, then, you know, maybe have it like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if you're a sugar addict and you really think that you're addicted to sugar and, you know, like you have a physical addiction to sugar, then it's going to be really hard to have those sweets and then mm-hmm. get back on track. So you have to decide, you know, whether you want to, to battle with that, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe you have to, to, to really kind of see, so, you know, it's kind of up to you, but, um, you know, so that's the recommendation I make. And then, you know, if you are concerned or you aren't able, you know, you find you're not able to get back on track, like mm-hmm. my challenge is a great way to just join mm-hmm. it and just get started, have the community, you're in a Facebook group with other people who are all trying to do the same thing. The people who are posting their progress pictures or they're posting their before and afters. And I think that that really helps people mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to have the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, just the, the, the strength to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of continue on on something that is pretty difficult. So that's my suggestion on the holidays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, easy. Yeah. It, yeah. I know it, you have to really be mindful of before you go in there and you ha- plan. Yeah, it's interesting that you said like, you really have to know what you're going to do. If you're, if you're going to go, uh, keto, go keto. You you stay on track. If you're gonna go the heck with it, then just know what it could potentially do to you the next day, or what does you again? It's just self awareness. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, being self aware. If you're you know that you're a sugar addict, then you know you're. You, you, it's the best for you to stay away from that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of self-awareness, lot, lots of, obviously, mindfulness. Um, do you practice any mindfulness uh, tools with your, with your um, journey, with your, with your overall, like, um, health, uh, holistically? Do you, ever, do you med- meditate or how do you practice mindfulness? I just want to ask. Yeah, I mean, I have um, really tried to incorporate a lot of different, uh, you know, mental health tools over the years. Um, I have at times done a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really, really helpful tool for people. And I definitely encourage you to add that. Um, I currently meditate twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still trying to make the evening time work. So, um, I just, you know, I get tired at a certain point and then, you know, boom, I'm just going to fall asleep instantly mm-hmm. in my meditation. So my morning meditation is perfect. <laughs> my e- my nighttime one, you know, I, I think I need to do it by like 6 p.m. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. Um, so that's what I struggle with. But yeah, yeah I, I think it is important. You know, all of those, um, you know, those mental health things that we do, I think all of those are important. Mm-hmm. But until you turn off the physical drives that are going on, you can't actually make them work, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're physically hungry because and getting hunger signals because you know you've eaten a dozen donuts but have not eaten any real food like you're just not going to be able to like 
have a normal and sane response to your, you know, your boss yelling at you or some major, you know, change at work that happens suddenly, like you're just not going to have the mental bandwidth to deal with that. But once you're properly fed and, um, and healthy, then you can deal with these other mental health things and you can use these tools that you pick up in the books and that you read about or you do with your therapist. So, um, you know, so I think all of those things are good, but I just, you know, I don't think that they work until you get your physical body under, um, you know, under control. Love that. I want to be respectful of your time or over overtime here. Um, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. Um, Black Carnivore on Facebook, if you need that support, if you're struggling with your lifestyle right now and just can't stay consistent, Black Carnivore on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, guys. This has been a blast. Thank you once again for coming on, sharing your story. I'm so appreciative of you and uh, love your work. Uh, I will support your work. I will link all your links down below so everybody can check that out. Um, Black Carnivore, guys, thank you once again. Ede, appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes take advantage guys of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you and stay tuned for more captivating episodes and until next time guys keep embracing the power of ketones